Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. You're listening to the Self Mastery Podcast, where we break through barriers holding you back from becoming who you want to be. Whether you're struggling with pornography, overeating, social media addiction, or just want to get better at succeeding at life, this podcast is for you. Now your host, Zach Spafford. Hey everybody and welcome to another Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford, and I have with me today my lovely wife, Darcy. Hey Darcy, how you doing? I'm good. I'm a little bit sick, so you'll have to excuse my voice. I love your voice. It's perfect. It's that sexy, husky voice that happens when people are sick. (laughs) All right. Today we're going to talk about owning your choices, owning exactly what's going on in your life and being the master of it, And which is always appropriate when it comes to the self-mastery podcast because being the owner of your choices and being a master of them is an essential quality for anyone who wants to succeed at a high level in their lives. A lot of my clients come to me with this one question. Why do I behave one way when I believe I should behave another? A lot of you are listening to this podcast because of pornography use, but this work and all the principles apply to any unwanted behavior that you might be engaging in. But I'm going to use the example of pornography. Essentially, my clients come to me and they ask this question. They say, why do I turn to pornography when I know that it's against my values? I want to stop using it, and I'm causing myself so much shame because of it. They never ask it like that. I can promise you nobody's ever like, let me tell you about this question I wrote down. But essentially, that is what they're asking. They're all asking it in one way or another. They ask that because they feel stuck in one way or another. And the spouses, do they feel stuck? For sure. Absolutely. They often feel like there's no way to quit this habit because they go back to it time and time again. And the wives, what do they think? They feel like they're stuck because they can't control their husband's behavior and this is something that they don't want in their marriage, but they find themselves having it in their marriage. You can't control me? Sometimes I can. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you think you can, I think. At its core, pornography use is an escape from discomfort. It goes against our values, it damages our sense of self-confidence, and leaves us with a sense that we lack control over our own behavior. As the wives, I think we can totally relate to this because we all have something in our lives that we wish we didn't do, whether it's yelling at the kids or not staying on top of the house or or hanging out on social media way too many hours a day. Way too many hours. So let's drill into those questions for a real quick second. Why do we use pornography when it goes against our values? Well, the answer to that is because it helps us escape discomfort in a moment. Why do we use pornography when we want to eliminate its use from our behaviors? Because it feels good when we're feeling bad. I can totally relate to this when I'm stressed out with the kids and I'm like, if I just go and eat a little piece of chocolate from the gun safe, Mm. that'll make me feel a little bit better. You guys know how important our chocolate is when you know that it goes in the gun safe. (laughs) (laughs) So the final question, why does our pornography use go contrary to our sense of control of how we want to behave? And that's because we tell ourselves that we should behave differently than we are. 
So if we are using pornography to escape discomfort and feel good while simultaneously telling ourselves that we should behave differently, it's no wonder that we might feel stuck and trapped in this behavior. We believe one thing, and then we do another. So in order to reconcile that disconnection that we have, we rationalize what is happening. Sometimes that means that we call ourselves addicts, which means that you know we're victims, right? I'm stuck. I, this is something that's outside me that, that I can't control. Sometimes that means that we say we are powerless, right? Sometimes that means we tell ourselves that we deserve this indulgence because someone or something outside us made it our only recourse to feel good. No matter the exact way we do it, in some way or another, in order to maintain our sense of self, we tell ourselves a story that makes what we're doing somehow okay, at least for a moment. Then, later on, we usually beat ourselves up. We tell ourselves that we're stuck in this decision because we aren't making a different decision. I had a client this morning talking about his career. He said, I know I'm not going to quit. So that puts me in this box of not having a choice. His statement there is really telling. The first part, he says, I know I'm not going to quit. That's a statement that shows he's making that decision. That's He's owning it right there. But he didn't stop there. And if he had stopped there, he'd be, he'd be okay with that statement. Then he would be in a position of power over his choices, and he would then be fully realizing his ownership of where he is. But the second part of his statement, that puts me in a box of not having a choice, which is something that he does believe that makes him a victim of his own choice, which makes him his own captor. Partly because he's telling himself a story that the decision he made is somehow not his, he externalizes the cause of why he feels trapped. It's subtle, but if you listen closely, he says that he is now in a, quote, box of not having a choice. That's that externalization. That's that space where we put it outside of us and say, this is not my fault. This is something that isn't within my control. We do this with pornography. We do this with food. We do this with anything in our lives that makes us feel trapped or stuck because we see it as detrimental to our long-term happiness. For example, take the, the, the sentence, I can't believe I ate that entire thing, but it's just so good I couldn't stop. This story tells us that the thing we ate made us a victim because it was so good. I think I've felt this way about certain certain delicious things that Darcy makes. This is an interesting place to be, right? If you take out the can't and the couldn't in that story, it becomes a little bit more true. I believe I ate that entire thing. It's just so good. That's a position of fully accepting why we ate it, and who was responsible. I ate it. I ate it, and it was good. No, There's no other component of that story that externalizes it, right? Well, and you're also not adding any shame. Yeah, you're not judging yourself. It was good, because it was. It usually is good. And when we eat it, we if we take full responsibility of it, then there's no reason to shame yourself, because then you don't have to pretend like you didn't do it that it was something else that made you do it. The thing was eaten regardless of the story we tell ourselves, by the way. The decision was made by you whether you accept re responsibility and ownership or not. The problem with abdicating our responsibility in, like, in sentences that say, I can't believe I ate that entire thing, is that s blaming something outside of us 
for our results in our life makes us feel disempowered and it leads us to do things that relinquish our power to achieve what we want. For my client this morning, after pointing out that he was the victim in his own story and that was holding him back from being the best he could be at his career, his next question was a really good question. So here I want to share that question with you. It was, how do you practice and believe the thought, I have a choice? And how do I stay in that mindset? So I guess it's two questions. But we're going to work on those two questions. I'm going to give you three key things that you can do to get to a place where you not only believe that you have a choice, but that the choices that you make and the life you lead is 100% your responsibility and you own every aspect of it. So let's start with number one. Stop playing pretend with what your life is supposed to be. You know, I take the phrases, I should, I shouldn't, I can't. Take those phrases out of your vocabulary. They're not true. Uh, can't is just a, a lie, usually. It, you know, when I talk to people about their pornography use and they're like, I can't stop using pornography, I go, well, what would you do if your wife walked in on you? Oh, I would put it away immediately. I would hide it, right? Well, then that means that you can stop using pornography. So it's actually more true that I can stop using pornography or I can use pornography than it is I can't stop using pornography or I can't use pornography. And that is so true of so many aspects of our lives. But just taking those three phrases out of your vocabulary, I should, I shouldn't, and I can't, will give you a greater sense of your own reality and it will help you to stop playing pretend. Next Within that, I would say taking those phrases out of your vocabulary will begin to place the ownership of all your choices back where it belongs, in your own court. Whenever you're telling yourself, I should do something, it never brings a feeling of like anything that's good, right? So for example, I should clean up the house. Whenever I think that, I'm like, yeah, that just sounds horrible, right? But if I'm like, I want to clean up this house because I want to be in a house that's clean. Or I will clean up this house, right? Want is different than will, but either one, it puts you more in the driver's seat than I should. Yeah, for sure. Next within Stop Playing Pretend is quit looking at your past and telling yourself a story about how you would have done it differently. We recently moved out of a house that I really loved and I have... I've been guilty of thinking back and thinking I would have done things differently on a regular basis because I loved that house and I loved where it was and I loved where we were in our lives in that home. And when we made the sacrifice to become life coaches, we decided to move closer to family so that we could get some help as we made this dream a reality for us. And I have been practicing this idea, this very idea of stopping and stop looking at my past as something that I can change, and I can't. And when we stop playing pretend, we can more fully realize where we are and move forward with the way that we want it to be. Yeah, you know, our kids are constantly like, why did you guys make this choice to move across the country? Why did you do that? We would have been better off had we just stayed put. You know, they have this story. And really, it's like, guys, this isn't helping you move forward, right? You're living in the past. What's done is done. We made the choice. Now we're dealing with it. But retelling the story of how you wish it was different or we shouldn't have done that is not going to help you get anywhere you want to be. Exactly. 
Also for the wives, we say things like, had I known about this, I would have never married you. This isn't something I would have ever chosen. But really, if we break that down, that's not usually true. I would say at least 50% of the women we talk to or that I see in my mom groups knew that their husbands had a struggle with pornography before they got married. Granted, a lot of the women were under the impression that once they could have sex, this problem would go away. Or I might hear from other women that this isn't a trial I would have chosen. And it's funny because if you really look at that, especially for the women that knew about this before they got married, well, actually, you did choose this, right? You did know that your husband had this struggle or your fiancé, and you still chose to marry them. Now, you didn't necessarily have all the information that you needed, and so maybe if you had all the information, you might think that maybe you would have made another choice. But again, that's living in the past, and it's telling yourself a story that you would have done it differently. And when you're telling yourself this story of how you would have done it differently, that leaves you feeling very powerless and like you're the victim. And another question you can ask yourself as a wife, you know, when you're like, I wouldn't have chosen to marry this person or this isn't something that I would want to deal with this trial. Ask yourself, what would I rather deal with? Because I think if you really look at that, there isn't necessarily some other magical trial that you would rather deal with than pornography use, right? Every trial we have in our marriage has its own set of issues and challenges and struggles to overcome. Another thing that's interesting is, is we say, like, I wouldn't have chosen this. Maybe I should have married, you know, Jimmy. But that's also telling yourself that Jimmy would not also have a, a struggle with pornography. And that's just not true either, right? Like, you never know what challenges and trials are going to pop up in your life, you know, the second yeah, I think you that's decide to marry the person. Yeah, because the, the truth is, is that every relationship has trials and struggles, and the question is not whether or not you like this trial and would you like to exchange it for another. It's, am I working through the trials and struggles that I have in a, in a, in a way that makes me a better person and grows my relationship to the strength of the relationship that I want it to be. Okay, so the next one is, number two here is be compassionate with yourself. So we just told you to stop retelling your story, but I think a really huge component of stopping and retelling your story is being compassionate with yourself. You know, just kind of believing I'm here because I chose this and that's okay. That's a really good phrase to integrate into your beliefs. You know, you made the best decision that you could at the time. For me, I had to start by deciding that I am still a child of God and I'm not irredeemable because of my pornography use, no matter what my wife might have said at the time and how angry she was and how ashamed I was of my own behavior. I had to go back into my own brain and be like, okay, I'm here because I chose this and it's okay that I'm here. And now I'm, it, which I mean, really just frees you up to go forward. It's like, I'm here. There's nothing I can do about being where I am right now. I have to now choose how to go forward. And for me, I was in the process of learning how to deal with my feelings. But, you know, look, looking at your past and saying, I should have done it differently is like standing in the desert and being ticked off that you're there rather than finding a way to the nearest road so you can survive. Yeah, and I think as women, as we start to understand our husband's pornography use and why it is that they turn to pornography and 
we start to get that it's not about us and we want to respond differently, right? When, when they come to us and they say, hey, you know, I looked at some pornography, we want to uh, try to respond in a more loving, compassionate way once we start to understand like the process of pornography. And so I think being compassionate with ourselves is realizing that in that moment when our spouse tells us, we might not be feeling tons of love and compassion, but if we step away from that situation and, you know, process our feelings and realize, okay, this is what's going on. This, my brain is saying this, but that's not necessarily a true story. That's just the story that we've always told ourselves. And then once we get into a good mindset, then approaching our spouse with a little bit more love and compassion and understanding, I think that can go a long way and it will make it so you show up the way you want to as a wife and yeah I think that's absolutely true and I think part of that being compassionate with yourself especially for the women is knowing that you are enough right I think one of the most common refrains that we hear from women is you know am I not good good enough for him why is it that he's turning to this have I not done my my job as a wife am I not pretty enough am I not doing all of the things that he wants to do in bed and so I have to change that behavior none of that's true all of that is just a story of how you might be able to control him which we know that's not something you can do what you need to do is come to a compassionate position of on your own self and say I am good enough this is about him so the next thing in being compassionate with yourself is really only go as fast as you can go which is partly what Darcy was saying and and it's important to recognize that babies learn to walk one thing at a time. You know, we allow them to be comfortable to the point that they can take the necessary risks that will allow them to first crawl and then walk and then finally run. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you'll have compassion enough to stop beating up on yourself and start focusing on the skills and techniques like the ones we teach our clients that help you stop using unwanted behaviors. And when you allow yourself to go as fast as you can, right, which means not faster, not thinking I should be further along or I should be better or I should never have had this problem, all of those thoughts kind of melt away. And you're like, okay, I'm here. This is what I'm learning today. And I'm going to put my all my effort into learning, not into any of that self-shaming or self-negative talk, right? All right. Yeah, and I think when we can look at the little baby steps that our spouses are making, right? The little improvements that they're making, whether that's, you know, they go a longer period where they don't turn to pornography or they come to you, you know, within the time frame that you set or whatever parameters or boundaries that you, you have set um, when it comes to pornography, but celebrating the small wins and, you know, like when the baby takes like two steps, you're like, yes, look at how awesome we're doing great. And, you know, you're so, it's encouraging. So I think when we can start to see the little steps of progress moving forward, rather than expecting to, at the end result, immediately, you know, right then in that moment, it, it, it just helps us get there. Yeah, and I think for the wives, there's a, there's a component of this as well, which is, I'm upset now and I'm going to take baby steps towards understanding rather than beating yourself up for not being as understanding as you might want to be or being the wife that you want to be in that moment. 
and it's okay to be mad. Like no, nobody says that you shouldn't be mad. I don't think, I think it's important to understand and recognize where you are as a wife when you're approaching this conversation with your husband so that you can show up in the way that you want to show up. And if that in any given moment is upset, then feel free to cry and be upset and yell and scream and whatever, knowing for both parties that that behavior is about you trying to take your own baby steps and go only as fast as you can go in this process of learning and healing and growing. Yeah, so I think reverse that. So when the husband sees that the wife is very upset and, you know, that they don't have to make that mean anything about them necessarily either, right? Because I feel like... <laughs> You're mad at me doesn't mean anything about me. Well, I just, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the men you coach get, you know, they... They move along. They're moving along and sometimes their wives aren't coming along with them. So I think in that moment, if you as a wife find yourself like, yes, my husband's making progress, but I am still stuck. I am not making the progress I want. Feel free to email me at info at and maybe we can set up a time to chat and get you the help that you need to move forward. Perfect. That brings us to number three, which is stop asking why you aren't there yet. Like, I know that we all have heard that, you know, the story or were the kid in the back of our parents' station wagon or have our own kids who are like, are we there yet? And it's interesting because that same question is the question that a lot of my clients and a lot of people who are dealing with pornography are asking themselves. And what the problem with that is, is that it creates frustration. You know, a lot of us, we beat ourselves up for not being there yet. And that shame that comes creates a lot of frustration in terms of our inability to be the person that we are trying to be. So don't beat yourself up for not being there yet. Be where you are. Be fully present with the here and now, and you'll be able to build the future that you want. Pornography use, playing pretend with our past and our future, and other buffers keep us from being in the here and now. So what you need to do is be willing to be uncomfortable right now. Commitment, empowerment, and discipline, those are all not really comfortable feelings. I wouldn't call them comfortable feelings. And when we're in the here and now, those are a lot of the feelings that we end up feeling. And I want to kind of talk about this from the perspective of generals in war, right? Those are the same kinds of feelings that a general at war is trying to hone and feel and be a, you know bring into their lives. They they want to feel empowered. They want to feel commitment. They want to feel discipline. And those are not all happy go lucky feelings. And when we're dealing with pornography and we're dealing with how to, you know, get past this, a lot of people come in and they're like, "Well, I should just always be happy and always No, that's toxic positivity. When you're working toward a greater good and a long-term uh, result of happiness and peace, you need to feel discomfort in the short term. Avoiding discomfort now by buffering with any of those things that we talked about leads to long-term discomfort. You know, if you overeat right now because it feels good to put that food in your body, the long-term discomfort is it's harder to walk upstairs and it's harder to walk around the block and it's harder to do everything. It's harder to buckle your seatbelt. Whereas if you can embrace discomfort now, so I'm lonely or sad or uh, really frustrated with my life, that usually leads to the capacity to have long-term comfort because you're not wasting your time with something that isn't going to make you happy. 
you begin to be comfortable in your own skin and move away from the the need to you know fight or get rid of any uncomfortable feelings that you have in your life you know when you're a general nobody's like hey let's go to war because that'll make us all happy that's not how it works i know for me personally i had a lot of uncomfortable feelings when Zach was struggling with pornography and just really on our journey to where we are now. And I'm so glad that I stuck with the uncomfortable feelings because in the end it all all worked out. Yeah, I like you. You're you're pretty alright. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Why are you gonna be mean to me? We're on the radio for crying out loud. People are listening to this. Alright. So I, I want to say thanks to anybody who's listening. Feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you are interested in getting a little bit of help, we're having a free webinar for anybody who's dealing with this called Pornography Has Hijacked Your Brain and How to Get It Back, Sunday, September 13th at 8.30 Mountain Time. We wanted to put it on a Sunday so that you could maybe you know put your kids away and maybe put them in front of the TV so that they you can listen to this with your spouse we want to give you as many tools as possible so that you can begin the process of changing your life for the better and, and put it in the right direction. So please feel free to, in the show notes, there's going to be a link to sign up for the webinar, or you can go to my website, zackspafford.com slash free call, or you can click the free webinar button at the top of the page. Darcy's going to be there, so any of you wives who have questions, you're like, I really want to ask this of Darcy, feel free to come. Anybody who wants to get coached, they can raise their hand at the end. Or at the very, very least, you'll come away with some very concrete, important information on how you can become pornography-free in your life. Okay, that's our show for the day. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. See ya. Adios. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Imagine you sitting next to your loved one and no longer bogged down by the greatest trial of your life. Each month, I offer a free webinar that you can attend where you can get your questions answered about how you can break free from pornography use. Take a moment now and go to the website, zackspafford.com slash free call, and you can sign up for free. You don't want to miss out on this amazing opportunity to ask questions, learn a new skill, and even get coached live if you like. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills that Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link and... If you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.